0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is getting so close to picking your final team going into round one. But tell you what, Amy series is now done. The practice matches are done. The intra-club you know, sessions are done. And we are seriously getting really close to getting our final team together. So I don't know about you, but value has shown up. And this team is definitely going to reflect that value. I'm going to go through now and talk about where my team currently sits the progression of things, my train of thoughts, going into round zero, what I'm looking for in round zero, and then how I can use that information to kind of make last-minute tweaks. Now, I say last-minute tweaks because the last thing you want to do is have people in your side that you haven't thought about all year. So, Chris, I'm talking to you, Mr. for Elliot yo and now he's in your side. Yes, I hear you. Yes, I see you. Go and see Chris's um, team reveal as well if you haven't already. See it first so that way you can actually come and get some better thoughts on the second way around. Swiz, I'm sure, will be right behind us as well. But let's get into my team and I'll explain a couple of the slight changes that I'm thinking in a few different bits and pieces. But getting in. Now, Dacos is someone that I have thought about not starting in my side. Um, He's so heavily owned. He's nearly 70% owned. And because he's heavily owned in that sense, Supercoach is also a human game. So I don't want to not be owning Dacos when someone's, you know, giving points for effectiveness and he's just also good to watch. So I don't want to be watching a game knowing Dacos is playing and not have him on my side and it'll just be really stressful. So I think I probably will start Dacos. Um, Someone joked as well, I think he kicked it out in the fall and it went to Mick Stay in the crowd and like, oh, effective kick, you yeah, know, plus four. Um, so, yeah, for me, Nick Dacos, look, I know he's got the buy. The part I'm looking at at least with this buy and the, the different teams that are having it, the good part is, right, is that you don't have to go into this season with a, a, a guaranteed loophole, right? So you've got um, only two rounds out of those first six, are full rounds, otherwise it's best 18. And on those best 18, you're probably going to have at least one rookie or a premium or a mid-pricer that's missing, which means you're still going to get to loophole four out of those six rounds. It makes it a lot easier. So, And then the rationale behind that is then you can have an extra warm body on field to generate you more cash to start, and I'll take that flip side. Now, if you're someone that has a 102K rookie and they're not playing to begin with, I think it's worth possibly considering unless you are starting extremely thin and you don't have a dead set premium and you need that loophole, I think you just might need to start fully loaded. So for me, Nick Dakos is in that side. The other one that I am looking at when we go sort of, let's go highest prices in here. Tom Stewart's another one for me. Now the, again, so another person I think will be, you know, top six and he got knocked out super early last year, which means that there is actually a little bit of value there as well. The average, I think it was closer towards... You know, the 117 118 mark which was reflected in his back end of the season average as well high averaging player high ceiling player and if anyone's seen some of my stuff before I'm looking for people with high ceilings that can really make those top 18 count when we're looking at the start of the season because I don't want someone just going and picking me up at 90 100 when the rookies are probably going to be doing pretty well anyway and if that's the case well then what's the point so for me, I'm looking for that kind of high damage impact player. Now, the thing that does concern me with Stuart is for the fact that it looks as though the trend so far in Amy was a lot of teams were starting to lower their eyes, not just bomb it in 20 meters out, 25 meters out. So, uh, you know, the intercepting players I don't feel were as um, dominant, and it was more the, the you know the running and the you know your Holmes and your Martins and the people coming off half back. They're the ones that are sort of trying to generate that run. Um, off turnover. So teams opting to maybe you know lower their eyes a little bit more, hit a target up 45, 50 metres out and have a longer shot for goal. Now, at least with Stewart, though, if they miss this goal, then he's probably first in line to get the kick out anyway, which is good for him. Whereas, say, a Sicily type, not only is he probably maybe being a little bit more accountable, but uh, Amon took a lot more of those kick-ins, which means that if they're not bombing it long, and I think Sicily had maybe one intercept mark, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Amon took more kickouts, which means that it's. I do see him probably being impacted by, obviously, the injuries at Hawks, plus also Amon taking kickouts. So it'll be interesting. But for me, Stewart's in that side at this current point in time. Um, I have thought about a couple of different things here. Now, one of them being Sheasel has come onto the scene a little bit more, just super consistent. I think he will be a, a good player. It just feels, I don't know, and he's so highly owned as well that I'm kind of thinking of backing against him. 40% of the competition are going, okay, yes, he did well last year, but then it's the, the recency bias. It's the hype bias. Everyone was big on on him last year, and that's why he has the big profile and the big attention. Now he started off and he's done well for a couple of games. Now is this like a Nick Dakos second year sort of player or – I you know, are things going to change a little bit? Is he going to get moved around? Is, you know, McKercher going to really find his feet with Fisher there? Then McDonald goes back into the back line and then maybe do they play him maybe midfield forward or do they keep his role the same? Now I think he's a good player, but I don't know if he's going to be consistent the whole way through. And if he is, he's already at a premium price anyway. So I can just pay five fifty for him later, um, even more if I need to. You know, it's, because you know the magic price will be kind of suppressing some of those scores and some of the, the price anyway. So some people will come down in price just based off the magic number. So even if he's scoring well, he's still going to hover 500 to 600K and I could just pay up for him if I'm happy at that point. Um, but the one person I am sort of looking at, at the moment, lower owned, 9% owned is Houston. The part that scares me about Houston is he has like two stinkers a year. But high ownership, low uh, so high um, average, low ownership plays a lot of games at uh, Adelaide Oval and MCG to start the year where he averages really well. Port also have you know a fairly um, good start to this year. I mean they play West Coast first up again. You talk about rebounding people that are damaging and getting up the ground and getting towards that forward fifty. I just think it's it's Houston's ball. They don't really. Trust other people in that back line as well. They're trying to mix up. So, I mean, you look at the wing and the halfback flank. They keep rotating all these different people in there, um, which means that when it's coming out of the defensive line, Houston's the number one guy. Have a look at Port's back line, and literally there's no one else you would rather give it to coming out of defense than probably Houston, which means that for me, I think there's good security there. I think there's, he gets a lot of home games uh, and a high ceiling as well. So I'm hoping he just doesn't have one of those stinkers early on. Uh, and knowing my luck, it'll be a buy round, it'll be best 18, and he'll come out with a 40, and I'll be like, oh, I should have just started it. Someone else, you know, I should have just started a Walsh, or somebody in that round, you know, uh, Tuke Miller, or someone that had a, a buy when he stinks it up. So, but look, for me, Houston's one. Now, I'm trying to kind of go a little bit more in the expensive mids. Um, there has been a, something that I have thought about as well, where I had Nick Dacos in my midfield, and then had Sheasel in defence. And I'll explain that when I show you who I was going to replace him with. Um, But otherwise, the next one I have is Hayden Young. Now, I've been in my side for a lot of this year. I'm not overthinking. He looked good. He kicked some goals. He got forward of center. He's at the stoppage. But for me, it's about role. And a lot of defenders that are midfield or forwards that are midfield, they get the role. It's easier to average 100 around that point. Um, He looked good enough, scored well enough. And for me, it's just role. Role Role-based. Um, for someone at that price, I'll pick that based on role. I'm not overthinking it too much. The one I have thought about is Elliot Yo. Still, um, how many people can I go in there with? You know, he he did look good. He played you know a decent amount of time on ground, he hasn't had any issues all preseason. His role is pure mid. Him and Kelly are pure mid, and Harley Reid was third off the rank uh in this in the game yesterday. So you know, it's hard to back against him when it's literally he's in the midfield and I don't I don't think they would do that to him if he wasn't ready. Which means for me, Yo could average a hundred in defense or even more. We've seen him average a hundred and eight before in the midfield. We've seen him average a hundred easily in defense. So Yo is, I think, slightly undervalued. Um and the other one as well is um Wanganin Miller is another one that I am looking at. Sinclair is um said he's Possible for round one, but then he said it doesn't help that we have a five-day break between one and two. So he pretty much ruled himself out. Didn't say it confidently as well that he was going to play. He pretty much said, well, you know, it's I have some things to tick off, et cetera, et cetera, and the fact that, you know, there's a short break pretty much, you know, makes it hard for him. So I see that as he's not really playing round one, and that's him in round two. Either way, I think Wangini Milera, good talent, works hard, good used by foot, high disposal, um, you know, kicking numbers, and works really hard to get back as well to sort of offload. Now, he's, if you have a look at his average on the back end of last year, he's another one I think could average around that 100 mark. um, No buy as well. So I'm just kind of waiting to see a little bit more. Plus, with some of those issues that have come out um, lately, it's just going to be interesting. So today with, you know, probably the suspension to, you know, Webster, um, Dougal Howard, got injured on you know, was it a quad or a hammy? Uh, so he was injured. There's a couple of things going on there where I just kind of want to see Sinclair in that mix and his role. And again, he's close to 500K, so you might as well just pay it. And even Yo, you can still wait and see on what's going on and then adjust. He's not going to go up that fast that you can't get him. The only benefit, though, is that if you're going to start Yo, at least if he gets injured, you just use one trade. That's the rationale. Start him if he gets injured, move him on. Again, you have four out of six by rounds. So if he gets injured, at least it's not a donut or a low score on your field for four out of those six rounds. You'll take another score. And I guarantee if Elliot Yo plays six rounds from six to start this season, he's probably averaging you between 95 and 100. And then people will start having that conversation like, oh, I should have brought him in. And that's the part that thinks in my head where you don't overthink it. I know it's Yo. I know he's injury prone, but full preseason hasn't missed a beat. Um, Rolls there. So, hey, roll. I test preseason tick, tick, tick. And then you start to overthink it. And then why am I overthinking him, but not Fife, you know? And then you kind of get into that train. Oh, but Fife's cheaper. It's like, yeah, but, you know, Yo's got the pure role, not just a bit piece role. um, And we're not even that desperate in the forward line anymore. So that's the kind of conversations that you have to have with yourself. But for me, um, I'm looking at at least four deep. I have considered five deep. But again, because of the the um the buy rounds to start with I only really need two rounds out of six again to kind of play rookie roulette and hope some stuff goes on um I've pretty much gone Gibkiss and Reed as the main two to sort of start this season Reed again so you've got um Ridley's now injured which means his security's better still scored like 80 um so good security now on field I'm happy to sort of play rookie roulette with that one the other one is is I'm actually uh, looking at uh, Ethan Phillips now, only because it's a cheaper option, and you'll see why I kind of needed that cash. Caulfield I did look at, but I think, uh, was it Baku Kamas is taking, taking his spot? Way better, um, which might as well link these two together because he's going to go on my bench. Um, and reason is I think he's actually yeah doing really well up in that forward uh, defensive line. Looked better. And, you know, Dale wasn't playing and, you know, Caleb Daniel wasn't playing. So I just think Coffield just screams a little bit for me. Ethan Phillips, I think they need him. He looked good for someone who's only been at the club for, you know, what, a couple of weeks. So I think he's really good. And the other one as well is, um, back into defense, is Schoenmaker. Now, someone that was highly rated, slid in the draft picks a little bit. Uh, he got in trouble in his draft. year. I think, bought alcohol for some underage teammates or something or other. I think it was something like that, or bought alcohol in a camp or something. So he got heavily reprimanded for that. Uh chewed out a bit. Uh, was in the AFL longest kick. So he's got a good kick on him, a long kick. And um he did well. So I think with again, uh it looks like Webster's gonna get suspended. Like if you watch the replay, it's old school where you kind of like run, jump, bump, and pretty much just took what Simkin by the head, knocked him down, leapt off the ground. So he'll be out for at least a month, right? Um, Howard injured, so there's another one there. So I think it just helps secure that spot up for a little bit for maybe four to six weeks uh, and see how he goes. And by that point, it could be his sort of role to kind of keep and as a bench spot, I think, over that sort of four to six-week period he might score well enough to be able to move him. And now this is the real aggressive part here, is that because I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this because of the buys. Now, if it wasn't... Would I want two defender rookies on field? Maybe not compared to forwards and mids. But once round six is done and round seven hits and I've got DPP, I'll have McKercher. I'll have some other players as well, which we'll get into that. I'll have defender status. So I can then trade, right? So Phillips might be my first one out. I'll bank my 100K. I'll trade him and then throw someone else into defense on field. Problem solved already, right? Or Shawmaker or Reed, depending on hoping one or two good games out of there. make my 100, 150, With the extra trades this year, I don't think I have to be as picky for a slow burn because I am going to start a lot of um, stepping stones, which means that once round six hits, whoever's getting forward DPP status or whoever is actually looking like a top six forward, it's literally go time. Round six to round 12, I'm going one down, one up, one down, one up. I'm upgrading, 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 and I'm trying to literally get to full primo as fast as I can before the buys. Now, I say before the buys because... Normally, you would wait until after the buys. I think you, now with the extra trades, I think you just have to kind of floor it, get to the buys fully primo, and then hope that you have some, you know, use some extra trades to maybe upgrade some players that you thought were primo, but not quite. And then you might look to luxury trade a couple of those to keep your scoring going and then come out of the buy around still full primo, but um, in the top sort of 1,000 to 500, hopefully. That's kind of the goal I'm thinking. I think with the extra trades, if you sit on your hands, it's going to be hard. and I think if you go full guns and rookies, it's going to be hard because you won't have the flexibility of other people to trade out and have that cadence of upgrades, because you know you might have to trade two rookies down to get one up, or if you know your, your premium's not firing, it feels bad to sideways a premium. You shouldn't really be sidewaysing a premium, but you feel like you've missed out on something. So you feel like you have to go there, whereas if you spread yourself with more of these <coughs> mid prices as stepping stones, and if one looks like it's failing, you can then go, okay, well, I'm going to get a rookie here, upgrade this person next, or use that money to then be aggressive, or I miss this other mid so this one's not really firing, and then you're so much more flexible to actually upgrade as the season unfolds, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a premium, whether it's another sideways to another mid price that looks like they're you know, doing really well. I feel like you're much more flexible and you kind of need flexibility with the extra trades as well this year. Um, so I don't really want to have that fixed mindset on, oh, like guns and rookies, and I'll get you on the back end of the year because I think it'll be too far to chase. And everyone's team will be similar. You'll f- you'll still get people in that everyone else has, except you'll just be ranked a lot lower than them. So um, so that's pretty much it for me for that part of it. Um now, so we're getting to this midfield now, a little bit different to what some people are thinking. I know you know some people are are heavily on you know gulden l d u um people could not jump off him faster today. uh, I don't think it's a true reflection. He started I think you know similar I think maybe preseason last year. Don't judge everyone off preseason some are going half gear, some are playing slightly less, they're just getting some minutes into the legs. Don't go full judgmental like an LDU and just jump off or um, jump on the next hype player if a uh, you know, mid-pricer does well. So like, oh, I'm going this person because they've done really well. Yeah, just you put them in your side for a reason. However, LDU didn't look that good. So um, I can't blame a lot of the people. Chizo as well for you, Dr. Supercoach, mate. I heard he jumped off as soon as he could. Um, but that's it for, for him. So, yeah, so highest price here. I think Pelly. Um, looked extremely good. I think he's going to be M1. I'll just pay up. Now, yes, you'll be able to get him for six twenty, six fifty, and and he will drop cash. But again, you know, they play West Coast round three, so I want him more English against West Coast. And he's just a notorious scorer. He's, yeah, he looks good. So you, you do need a captain option. At least, you know, you can kind of bank on him for a VC and a C, which is more than you could say for a lot of people um, this year. So if you can't do it, I think it's just an easy way to go. And if especially with the buys, and if you do have a lock system, there will be two rounds in those six. Like I said, you will have to bank on a captain. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much him for me. So Bonte one. Now, the other one is, so I've looked at, so like LDU, I've looked at um, like Gould and Green and a few others as well. But, you know, the injury part does kind of scare me a little bit. There is someone who I think is, again, high ceiling, high impact, hasn't missed many games. And I think a lot of games at home, a fairly soft run as well. And it's Jordan Dawson. Now, Dawson and Adelaide and Fremantle are ones, I think they have some decent sort of games coming up. So, you know, Gold Coast, Geelong, those midfields, I think he should do kind of well against. But when you get into this sort of middle part here, North, West Coast, Hawks, Richmond, sort of in that middle sort of section. So I just think he's, he's a really good player. I like watching him, high ceiling sort of player. Um, and I just think that again, 17% owned. I think he's just nice and reliable with a high ceiling, higher than layered for a ceiling. Leaves me vulnerable if he scores low on those rounds, but I think that's the risk I'm going to have to take a little bit with some of these high ceiling players. Um, and that's what I'm looking at. Now, the other one is Sarong. Now, I'm hoping, you know, Sarong kind of follows through on some of the potential he showed last year. And Fremantle actually have a pretty soft buy. As well to start this year, so outside of you know playing Brisbane round one, North and Adelaide, so I think he should do pretty well amongst those ones. Carlton Port, I think, you know, again, kind of 50/50, the pretty strong midfields on that one. And then you've gone, so West Coast, Richmond, Sydney, you know maybe they'll get a bit stronger by then. Um, Saints Collingwood, you know, you're talking about a lot of teams that have one or two kind of good mids, where I think he should just be able to get in and under and, and get to work which is sort of where Young comes in as well, because they do have a few, I think, good matchups for them. Um, you're never going to have a soft, extremely soft draw per se, but I think it's just looking for those pockets on people who have some of the easier teams or mids that maybe have some issues or not as complete in the first half of the season, just knowing I think it'll hit give them a bit of a percentage boost when they hit that sort of buy. Um, so here's one. The other one is I'm actually looking at um, Parrish. Now, Parish is someone who I feel like Merritt always averages better in the back end of the year. He's the polish. He's the one that they kind of target a little bit more. If Martin keeps on the way he's going, though, I can see some people actually targeting Martin instead. So it could be interesting what they actually plan to do with that one. But I think Parish, again, so like Sarong, his role can't change. Now, I'm picking these ones because A, they don't have the buy. So it could easily be a green. Except again, Green has the buy. Um Yeah, there's a few others as well that sort of had the buy. Zach Butters is someone I am looking at. It doesn't make me feel great, though. He's rolled his ankle twice in a couple of weeks. Ollie Wine's getting the full bulk of the midfield, but he is someone it depends. Like if it looks like he's training well for the next couple of weeks and it looks like he's all good, then it could go back to Sarong and Butters, which is pretty much my mix. But I think Parish is kind of the next in line for me. And um yeah so that's kind of what I'm looking at there. And then the next one is steel now steel was the same one that I was looking at tackled nine times looked okay for got you know looked like he was going in half gear but you know he was getting tackles. he looks pretty fit compared to last year good price point. Now this is what I am a little concerned about if Tuke Miller goes really well for a couple of weeks it could become him um he could also become like a sheazel or a player like that or a yo. It's really interesting. So it's going to it's gonna be one of those wait-and-see kind of moments uh, based off what Round Zero does do because there are a few missing pieces in here, depending on rookies and Round Zero, as to how that actually shapes up. But for me, that's pretty much what I'm looking at. I'm looking at possibly the five deep with still being that guy. Uh, otherwise, again, sort of shifting elsewhere. But there's money to be made. I do want to leave some spots open in defense because I've already got sort of four deep, which means I do want room for a, a Sicily. Or, you know, if uh Miller or someone's you know, really you know, impressing or Coleman comes out of nowhere and just keeps like going one oh fives, uh Sheasel, there's a few others. So I think Sheasel is someone I am definitely tempted in in that spot instead of Steel. But then I'm like, well who would average more? Steel or um Sheasel? And you know, would you rather a mid or a defender? And that's the kind of yeah, easy issue I think to kind of try and navigate around. But butters is the main dark horse I think that I do want in my side. Um, mainly because, again, they, they have a fairly good draw, I believe. Um, let's have a quick look. So, yeah, they play, so West Coast round one, Richmond. So two midfields I think he could kind of exploit, uh, exploit on the outside. Um, and then they kind of go through a few, you know, Melbourne, Essendon, Fremantle, Collingwood, Saints, Adelaide, Geelong, and then Hawthorne and North round ten eleven 11 as well. So they do play, I think, quite a few games where, you know, that speed on the outside could really suit Butters. So I am looking for hopefully the next couple of weeks on him to impress. And I would like to start him in my side. But what do I need? I need about 107k on top of steel, which would mean that that 107k, I'd pretty much be needing to go down to, say, a Wanglin Miller instead of a Houston, and then going from steel up into a, a Butters. So Houston and steel, or Butters and Wangley Miller, or like a Yo. Just doesn't feel as well. But um so he'll probably replace Parish if that does actually eventuate. Um or Sarong is the other one that I am kind of considering. But we'll see. Uh we'll go. Sanders, McKercher are the main rookies. Now they all impressed well enough. My main concern is probably McKercher. Um and the reason is Looks really good round one. This one just coming in, you know, with Fisher. Still did okay. But at his price, though, for you know, getting more of that sort of fifty sixty concerns me a little bit. So his role's kind of there. Uh, you'd like to see more of him. He's going to be heavily owned. I mean, what is he sixty three percent? So I think you just kind of have to start him, and then I might be able to shift if I need to. Um, or the other option is is that you can go from him and then move to another rookie that you might have missed. So you know, I think you just might might be one that you just kind of have to start. Um, there's a few people I have passed on though. So sharp for me. I don't know if I trust him to stay best 22. That's probably the easiest way to say it. McRae Jr. Um, was off the bench, so I think he put a line through him. There's quite a few others now that I've sort of, you know, Sins obviously you know put a line through him. There's a lot of different options there where you've kind of just ruled them out. Now, the one I am kind of iffy on, so Windsor are probably going to start, mainly because, yeah, 33% owned. Kicked a couple goals, and on on the wing, he did look good. So he's got at least a nice sort of wing role and just hope that a lot of the ball goes through him. Uh, I think Hunter had a bit of a setback, and when you have that kind of dynamic um, winger that can work really hard and link up and kick goals, I think it actually makes the Ds look better. So I think he probably has a spot. For me, Laurie is probably the one more at risk just because, you know, you have... um, so it was like Sparrow was already there, but there's like another, a couple of players sort of coming back in and Clary. So Laurie's probably the one that could be at risk of, you know, sort of losing his spot. So there's the more questionable for me. Um, so that's the one I'm looking at. Now I hate expensive rookies on bench, but I'm thinking I might start with and see how like, yeah, you know, goes, but um, like Husweight could be there. Sanders did really well as well. Uh, had, like, 30 touches in a practice match. Like, seriously, in Amy series, absolute jet. Came on and a bit of a pit bull, getting his hands on it, getting some good clean hands here. Uh, I thought he was really impressive for a first showing out. Um, Kind of makes me wish I took him in a keeper league instead of Mkircha, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's early days on that. But I'm really impressed with all of them. Hussweight, I'd rather not spend money on my bench, so I'm hoping that something else shows up. But I'm just not as confident in some of those other mid spots now, Huswaite again, it's not all secure though because you know if he's he's tall, so I think he gives him a point of difference. day could be back around one or two or so like you know one or two weeks or something I think, so it could be you know early in the season, round two or so, so that could impact him there a little bit. um it'll be interesting because then you had you know McKenzie played really well as well, you know Ward's kind of banging on the door, and then what's gonna happen with that mix so. Yeah, he's someone that could keep his spot. But the part I don't like about Hawks, especially in that midfield, is even last year they said, hey, we've got like a squad of 30. We're just going to rotate them around and pick, pick the best ones, give them opportunity. And if you're not performing for just even a couple of weeks, they'll just go and, oh, they'll just rotate someone else through. And that's the part that I hate because it's, you know, he might score well and he's got the role, but will he keep it? And Mitchell definitely likes to rotate through, thinking more of the larger, the long game rather than just what's happening right now. So, um, I mean, just ask, uh, was it Josh Ward that? So, you know, Husweight is a little bit of a concern for me, but I think he is impressive. Um, Clark, I think, so Jai Clark's probably one of the best um, rookies here. If we had a lot of other cheaper rookies, I'd be quite happy to start him on field. So, you yeah, know, he's good cover anyway for those sort of buys. Um, so that's one. Oh, so no one's even told me how to say Sean's name. Sean Manor. There you go. I, just, I reckon I might have got that. Um, probably not. <laughs> so, look, he he's the other one now. He's getting better as well. Only played a small amount of time on ground, but scored pretty well. Now, I think he's someone who probably will get some opportunities, but they did rate him what he does, the pressure around it. It might always be about touches as far as his place in the side anyway, but he's one that I am sort of considering and looking at in that spot. So... I think you all need it. Now, I really do want, in my Ruck line, I really want English, right? But this new Ruck system, now, English is great because he pushes forward and he exploits teams and he links up that way. And I do want him, especially when they play West Coast, because seriously, he's probably going 300, super coach. But, you know, when you're looking at what it does and value-wise, I mean, it's about 230000 which is me starting a $300,000 player instead of steel, just to play English over, say, like a Grundy or a Cherry. Now, I know a few people have gone now Cherry uh, mainly because he doesn't have the buy. He still looks pretty good. He's probably going to go 95 to 100. But at a 400K, I think I'd want a little bit more than that as a guy that's going to average 95 to 100. Grundy, at least we get to see in round zero. And, again, when you look at you know who they play, um. Yes, he has a challenging game first up, so I, I do want to see how he kind of goes. Um, they play what Melbourne, so against Gorn, Collingwood. You know, I reckon he could go right there because he's definitely got more muscle than those. Um, than Cameron and Cox. So I think the 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 old push and shove I think is going to help him a bit. Essendon as well. I think Goldie's really classy, but you know he might be able to handle that a little bit more. Richmond. You know, maybe Nank might not be back at that point, so it's going to be interesting there. And then West Coast sort of through here and Hawks. Uh, West Coast, particularly round four, I think he's in for a big price jump. Now, if he can get a price jump there, um, it's going to be really interesting and then goes into the buy, which kind of sucks. But, you know, it'll be interesting for that price point because I think he is up for, like he did last year, a good score against West Coast and then really elevate his scoring and then I'm hoping maybe English comes down and we'll see where we're at at that point. Um but I think the value is too hard to kind of ignore and I'm putting him here just because he does have round 0 and I'm waiting for him to tell me not to. I don't really like it. Um I'd rather pay the extra 2 sort of 30 or whatever it is but you know, I you can't have it all. And you can't start everyone and I think that 230k is significant enough. Um and it's like three hundred to cherry. So I mean that's that that again, it's like another premium. So, you know, that's the kind of rationale where you're sort of thinking of, um, let's get rid of Baku, put him over here somewhere. Now, my forward line is pretty much all value town. Now, this is the only person that hasn't been in my side all preseason, and it's Mr. Fish. Now, cheers to you, Mr. Fish. Uh, Mr. Fisher. Now, The best part about this was is he took most of the kickouts, um, racked it up. I mean, you look at, you know, McDonald's with the injuries that they have. McDonald, when he comes back, is probably going to have to play a little bit taller anyway. Um, he's done it before. I think he was on Joe Danaher or something at one point the other year playing tall. So I think there's no Aaron Hall. You know, it'll be Sheasel and Fisher, and he's someone that I think, you know, again without the buys. He'll get defensive forward status as well. So another person you can sort of throw back there. Um, He looks really good. Now, I hate to say that because Chris is all over him, but sometimes Chris is right. And, um, you know, for one of them, you know, he talks about, you know, Grundy. So I don't want Grundy, but, you know, the value you just kind of have to sort of take. And then Fish is the other one where I'm probably just going to lean into Chris's train of thought sometimes because, I know Chris can be very stubborn with his thoughts and sometimes he can have an opinion of someone and be so locked into that opinion that he kind of can't change. But for the better part, though, is that when he gets like that and he nails some picks, he nails some picks. So for me, it's kind of I try and get out of my own way sometimes and not be so fixed with my mindset that I'm like, okay, so again, break it down, regardless of how I feel about Fisher and his hamstrings and all the rest of it, um, the roll is there, the kickouts are there, the price point's there, racked it up today, the eye test was there. So for me, um, and the forward lines suck. So that's where he comes in instead of, say, like a sheasel because obviously the the line that he's on, whereas that also, again, another person that could provide me a defensive forward status, I'm going to have three of them which is crazy. So that way, again, uh, Gibkiss and Reed and Phillips or whoever I need to can get out of my side really quickly uh, if I need to. And then the rest of these are kind of heavily owned. Um, We'll go, so Fife is the other one. Looks good, passed the eye test. Again, um, with the extra trades, I'm just going to take that risk. And with the buy rounds, even if they get injured in the first six rounds, again, there's only two out of those four, it's actually going to impact you. So that kind of helps me take the risk. Whereas normally, if I was like, oh, I'm playing, you know, 22, and if one of them gets injured, then that's going to really suck. But five's 51% owned, and again, if he gets injured, I'll have other people to cover him for four out of those first six rounds. And if he makes it through the first six rounds, well, you're going to know if he's a good player or not, anyway. So these are the ones I'm just going to put in a team, like some of these others. Now, if Elliot Yeo gets up to 30, 35% or something, then I might consider that as well. Um, I think he's hell 15 nearly. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so Jordan's the other one for me now. Jordan's in that team because well, Adam's injured for I think three to four weeks. Um, Parker broke his arm; he's out for like a month. He already had some you know some good roles there where the coach came out pretty much talking up great preseason. He's playing sort of like wing. He's playing on ball. He's doing so much, and he provides flexibility for him, which he loves. And he said he'll get more you know on the ball minutes than he was getting at Melbourne. So he, and he's also not the sub candidate for me because that kind of comes down to like a Rogers or, or, or so Roberts. Um, or one of those players instead, which makes me feel a little bit better. Um, and he played phenomenal. So he is now in the side. And again, another person I can use as a stepping stone. The other one as well is Harms. Now, Harms didn't get the sort of CBAs I was wanting. He got some, but he was always going to be that sort of forward flank up into the mid. He's that real connective piece for them, the real link player. So I think there's still, you know, score assists, some good movement, some good hard nut sort of um, traits about it. And he's still scored like 91. So he's another one I think, you know, it's not all about the role. I think he is definitely best 22 in that dog's unit. And he's another person for that price, though, like for 250. Yeah, we've picked a lot worse in previous years. So I think... The people who are only like, oh, I'm only going to pick two of these people or I can only pick two, so they're like, yeah, I'm going to go two premiums, two mid-prices, and I can only pick two, then you might lock yourself out of picking all of them, which sounds crazy. But in this forward line, if there was ever a year to completely disregard the premiums because they have the buy in the forward line, so if I was to pick two, it's probably Dusty and Flanders. Both have the buy. I'd rather just wait and see how they go and then upgrade to some of these players to them. And at least then by round six, you might see, you know, someone might get a DPP that you weren't expecting and you're like, oh my gosh, like how do I have, like in previous years, you know, Josh Kelly, Tom Libertore, these forwards, you're like, whoa, like that's great. We've got these great midfielders that are forwards. I'll be jumping all over that before round seven even starts. Like that's what I'm looking at and that's where these, these players can really be useful to, hey, I'm going to go one down, one up, And I'm going hard to upgrade, you know, a Harms to a $500,000 player or whatever it may be. You know, maybe Darcy gets injured, so I'm prioritizing Jackson. And then just it leaves you super flexible with those trades to kind of make corrections and move as the data comes in. And you're going to get so much knowledge in that first six weeks. And to be flexible, I think, is really much the key. Uh, The other one as well is. Um, so then you got oh easy one. So you got Harley Reed after this point, and um, my mate Sexton's now forty-one percent. I think I got on it at three or four percent, racked it up, looked extremely good, shared the kickouts. Uh, no kickouts. I think Powell had some. I think Sexton had a little bit, but he was more just halfback flank, should I say? So that's really bodes well for him. Um, a one twenty-three k or one thirty-three k bargain, literally bargain. Everyone that saw him play it's now jumped on. He's pretty much one of the best board players you can have. And then the other one is uh, Wilsonick played extremely well as well. Um, he's 51%, so easy rookie for that one as well. And then, as you already know, I've gone Baku Karmis at this point. So just because, again, I think he played better in that defensive spot. Uh, another DPP player. So there you go, I'm going to have four of them. Um, but I think it's, it just was it was much better for him. Um, in that line, so I think he's the one that's kind of got the spot for me. I did look at Cadman; he did have some hitouts. He didn't really capitalize on the hitouts. I think he attended seventeen ruck contests and won four, kicked a goal. But they do play West Coast and North in the first two rounds. So, like after they play Collingwood, obviously, so in the first two Supercoach rounds. So, if he looks good against Collingwood, knowing that they play West Coast and um and North Melbourne, I might go Cadman. You know, he's going to play each week. He might go 50 some weeks and bank. He might, I'm hoping he finally actually has a good score. Looks a bit stronger, looks a bit bigger, leaping at the ball a bit more. So I think there's some real value there. That's what I'm kind of considering. And um, But at least I get to have a look at, you know, say, you know Jordan, I'll get to have a look at one more time. Sexton, I'll get to have a look at another time. Uh, yeah, Grundy and Gorn, I get to watch them in action. Naismith as well, I get to sort of watch and see how he goes. Um, Windsor—he's probably the one I'm really going to watch as well. If he scores well, he's someone I'd like to leave out of my side if I could. Um, and then I'm pretty happy with like the midfield mix there. Um, and Dacos as well. So if Dacos doesn't perform very well with some of the possible tags, and I know they're not normal tags, but you might have say Robot or a few others paying some attention to him. He's someone as well that I might kind of leave out. Um, but that is my team. So. Let me know what you're thinking with your side. Let me know where you are currently sitting with your current getup. Is it looking similar to this? Are you going more guns and rookies um or are you you know going thin? Um, who do you really rate this year that you just can't leave out? That's probably the biggest one. like who in all of the players there, who do you just can't leave out of your side? you just keep coming back to them and yeah they might not be that highly owned, but you just can't you just can't leave them out. You know, and the person I keep coming back to, if there's one person I can include, it's Parish. Now, I can leave him out on my side because, as that expensive premium, you can just get them in later if they keep if they start off well. You're like, okay, my first upgrade, I nominate Parish. You know, but he's the one that I kind of keep coming back into, possibly in that side. Um, the other one I'm really tempted on, apart from Yo, is um, like Himmelberg. I know he didn't do well, but he did take most of the kickouts for GWS, so I'm kind of you're watching to see that one, you know, with sort of uh, Whitfield. Um, but, again, those buys just kind of hurt. So, for me, it's, you know, and short. If short goes really big round a zero and looks good, I might just be like, well, I'll be damned. You know, it's it's Melbourne and it's a Richmond buy. Um, and that's kind of it, you know. Uh, and the other one is as well as I'm looking at Billings as well as probably the other one, big one for Melbourne. So I might, if I can go weight down and Windsor up, there is very much the possible chance that I might do that as well. So, yeah, I mean, it depends on how Windsor and, and, and that kind of looks and how it goes, but that is the option there where, you know, kind of see what sort of eventuates in that. And um, let's just see how that looks. So that's pretty much the, the main part of it anyway. And uh, Wilson up in here. And let's go with Bill Bill Tongs, but the other part I have is that you know it'd be interesting to sort of see one twenty one. So then I'd be putting another rookie uh, up in that spot. So probably Harley up in up in here, and then another rookie in that spot instead of Harley Reed. If this app would work for me, that'd be nice. Um, And then trying to go for another option in that point. So. That's pretty much where we're at. Let me know what you think. Let me know where you're standing and um, let me know who you're watching coming into this round. Thursday night, footy is starting off. I'll be at the game on the Friday. Brisbane and Carlton, no Weedering, no probably uh, Walshy boys. So let me know what you're looking forward to and I will talk to you soon. Alrighty, bye.